You know, occasionally I will go online and look at conversations on social media and they're just dumpster fires. It's just unbelievably awful. And so and so I ask myself, you know, how can we create better discussions that move towards truth? And I've talked about good discussion tactics like steel manning, where you work to make the other person's argument as well as you can. But I think I think we also have to recognize counterproductive tactics, bad discussion tactics. And these should be red flags. And I think they crop up in three places. Obviously, at this point, I think we know that online discussion encourages their use. And that's a problem. And then hopefully, we rarely see them during actual discussion in person with friends. And finally, you know, I need to be very diligent to make sure I'm not using these tactics. And avoiding them, I find, is really hard because they're easy and seductive. So we need to be able to recognize them and call them out in others and ourselves as being counterproductive. So I put together a short list and I've stolen most of the list from Scott Alexander at Slate Star Codex and then a couple other people. I'll try to put some links in the show notes just in case you're feeling masochistic. So so the first one is something called Kafka trapping, which is just a fantastic term. It occurs when you're accused of a thought crime. You respond honestly by denying the crime, and that denial is then used as confirmation of guilt. So you're now trapped in a circular, unfalsifiable argument. No one who is accused can be innocent because of the structure of Kafka trapping. Another one, outrage. So I consider outrage to be a semantic stop sign. And a semantic stop sign is when you basically lower the gates of thought and say, no farther. I'm not going to think anymore. I'm shifting over to a purely emotional state. And so when someone switches to outrage, they're switching the conversation or trying to from information to emotion. And, you know, it's, I think it's dangerous because outrage not only gives someone permission to hate, outrage allows them to feel good about hating. And, you know, this is probably part of a larger category called, you know, appeal to emotion. Uh, The third one is a little jargony. It's called Mott and Bailey. So, okay, so Mott and Bailey is when you're on offense in a conversation or argument, you make a very bold, controversial statement. And then if someone challenges you, you back off and you claim you were just making a very obvious, uncontroversial statement. And so... Because it's so uncontroversial, you are clearly right, and they are silly for challenging you. And then when you're done playing defense, you switch back, 
and you go on offense and you go back to using the bold, controversial statement. And often this is when you def- define a word or a term, you know, two different ways. All right, let's see. Uh, virtue signaling. So virtue signaling, you know, I think, again, this is more done online because a key component, to me at least, appears to be addressing an audience other than the party the discussion is with. This, I think this tends to be used by people who think doing bad things doesn't make someone a bad person. And I disagree with that. I think we are what we do. I think virtue signaling is often used by people who think intentions are more important than results. And my guess is that it often involves this appeal to emotion as well. Almost, almost bordering on, you know, toxic sentimentality where the feel becomes more important than, than the real. Uh, a fifth one is um, victim card. And again, I think, you know, if someone plays the victim card at some level, they're actively renouncing agency and self-determination. They're essentially saying they're powerless and the world conspires against them. And, you know, sometimes that's true. There are victims, but in a conversation or discussion, it doesn't seem to, to me to be a helpful tool. And at some level, I think it's a form of bullying. Okay, some other ones that are a little more straightforward and a little more common. Uh, the straw man, where you put forward an absurdly stupid version of the other person's belief. This is the opposite of steel manning. Rather than saying what the person actually believes, you might say something like, quote, oh, so what you're saying is, and then insert something very wrong and very inflammatory. And I think, you know, when someone does that to you, you have to stay calm. And then you can't say, no, I don't believe X. Because you know, that's the bimbo award. And the bimbo award is basically Nixon saying, this is the best example I know, is Nixon saying, I am not a crook. All you remember is Nixon saying crook, and then Nixon and crook are combined in your mind. So if someone accuses you of being something you're not, and you say, I'm not X, you and X become associated in the listener's mind. And so I think you simply have to say no, and then restate your argument in positive terms. I believe Y rather than I am not X. Uh, Let's see, some other ones. Hollow Man. Um, That's (laughs) that's basically saying the person is not arguing in good faith, that they're arguing just to get a reaction. You know, that's a pretty big claim for someone to say that you're a bad actor, that you're acting in bad faith. Again, that's not usually helpful to the conversation. Another one, ad hominem. This is related. That's just a personal attack where you attack the person and not the argument, where you dismiss the argument because of some characteristic of the person. In theory, the person making the argument should have little or no weight on the truth or the validity of the argument. Uh, Let's see what else. Um, Question bombardment. 
where you just ask a lot of questions or leading questions or slanted questions very quickly. And that's designed to confuse and disorient. And then finally, sacred cows. You know, these are beliefs, uh, assumptions, or conclusions that no one is allowed to question. And, you know, there the person is basically tiptoeing the line of religious dogma. Truth or the pursuit of truth must be allowed to go anywhere. If there are whole areas that are forbidden, that's an artificial constraint. Okay, so I think those are some tactics, obviously not an exhaustive list. So how can we best deal with these tactics? Well, I've already mentioned calling them out. And, you know, that's really tricky because I don't think it's helpful to accuse someone of being a bad actor or arguing in bad faith. I think it's rare for someone to be a truly bad actor. And it's an assumption we make way too quickly. But I do think it's okay to calmly point out the tactic for what it is and to say that it's not helpful. Then their reaction to that can be informative. And then finally, a general philosophy. And I think this is a truth that I really need to keep in front of me. Try to make the other person a friend. Tell them this directly. Remember, both you and the other person are people. Tell them why you believe what you believe. Listen carefully. Don't interrupt. Try to find common ground. Indicate a willingness and openness to change your mind. Show them you understand their emotions. Again, you can understand someone's emotions without feeling them, right? That's the difference between cognitive empathy and emotional empathy. And just because you understand someone's emotions doesn't mean you have to agree with their argument. But be respectful. Remember, they have knowledge and experience that you don't. They have wisdom to share if, and again, I'm really talking (laughs) directly to myself here, they have wisdom to share that I need and that I will only learn if I can be calm and patient and humble. All right, I think that's enough for one week. I'll catch you later.